You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Varallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. This is your solo host, Alex Rollo, for tonight. Apologies for last night's episode. Looks like uh, Blog Talk had some audio issues, and Glenn and I uh, were a little choppy and scratchy, and and we can't produce a show um, if you guys are, you know, fighting fighting through to hear us and things like that. So we decided to scrap it. Um, give it another go today. So hopefully today's show is much more clearer and uh, easier for everyone to listen. So uh, here we are, folks, um, going into tier two of the free agency period. Um, the Jets have been quite active since our last show that we had had, uh, which I believe was me and Greenbean. Um, that was a lot of fun um, to have him come on here and share his thoughts about you know what the Jets have done. And uh, we're hoping to get Green Bean back on the show, uh, you know, probably before the draft, I would imagine, um, so he can come in here and share his thoughts about what we're going to do come in April. But before I get too far ahead of myself here, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Miles Social. Um, if you're a business that's looking to improve your social media presence, uh, Miles Social is your go-to plan here. Uh, they can help you improve your presence in the media world. They can help you um, build your, your web design for, for your uh, company's, um, you know, face look. And you can uh, also increase the search, search engine optimization and increase your marketing as well online. So if you're looking to improve your company, go to milesocial.com. They will definitely help you get to your company where you want it to be. All right, so going back to the Jets here, um, I believe the last few players um, that we had signed before we ended the show was Justin Hardy. Um, the Jets had only made a handful of acquisitions at that point in time. And then as the weekend came, they got much more, um, I guess, active, bringing in certain players. Um, the first player I'm going to talk about is Keelan Cole. Quite an interesting scenario here because – about 24 to 48 hours prior to that signing, the uh, the rumors were that Juju Smith-Schuster was um, in conversation or somebody had put out that the Jets were interested in, in obtaining him. And it was kind of interesting. A lot of fans were um, on both sides here. Some people liked the move. Some, some people didn't want him. Um, and I'm sure everybody has their own reasoning. You know, my personal opinion on it is if you have the opportunity to get – a younger receiver um, that has, you know, explosive ability. And, um, you know, Juju is listed as the number two slot receiver in the NFL, um, 26 touchdowns, um, ranks number two since 2017. He has fifth, I believe, in receptions. And I think he was second in, in yards um, for all slot receivers as well. Um, I think the problem was that a lot of people were thinking that if Juju were to come in here that, Jameson Crowder might be on his way out. Um, 
personally, I, I wouldn't have been upset with that um, going from a 28-year-old slot receiver to a 24-year-old um, player. Um, you're getting younger. Um, you're, you know, they're both pretty much, you know, the same speed, four or five from the combine. But with Juju, at least you would have had, you know, a bigger body, more physical. Um, nothing wrong with Jamison Crowder. He's a great player. He's a good slot receiver. Like I said, he is getting a little bit older, and he's in his final year of his deal. He's uh, currently $10 million on the books, and I think the Jets would be able to save $9 million if we parted ways with him. So my whole thought process was, you know, take if you part ways with Jameson, use that money that you were going to pay him and obtain a uh, player in Juju. You get younger. Um, you know, he's an exciting player. Um, fans love him in the Steelers, but it just kind of seemed that he wanted to stay there. Um, I don't even think the Jets were in real, real consideration. I think it was just, you know, kind of rumors because um, from what we had heard afterwards when he had went back to, to Pittsburgh, uh, the Ravens had offered him $13 million, and I believe he signed for about $7, 8000000 million for the Steelers, gave him a hometown discount. So he wanted to stay there. Good for him. I'm happy for Juju. Um, I'm glad that we have Jameson at this point in time, um, you know, until we don't. If we bring somebody else in and we make a move, I'll embrace whoever that is. But right now, you know, looking at the receiving core here of Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, and Keelan Cole, I think that's a pretty solid four-man group right there. Um, you have a couple guys that can stretch the field. Um, you know, Mims can stretch the field. He's got, you know, 4-3 speed. We all know this. Um, as far as Corey Davis, a little bit of a yards after catch guy. Nothing wrong with that. He's looking to be the number one guy here. I'm fine with that, too. Uh, and then you have Crowder, who's going to be working the middle. And Keelan Cole is a little bit of the unknown. Um, he's done some good things over the years um, with Jacksonville. You know, my opinion is he's a little inconsistent. Um, you know, he'll flash one week, you know, score a touchdown, catch five, six passes, you know, anywhere from 70 to 100 yards. Um, and then you don't really see too much of them for the next couple of weeks. Um, and that's kind of how his pattern was in Jacksonville. So who knows if that's about, you know, offensive scheme that was holding him back or if it was poor quarterback play, which we know that Jacksonville has had plenty of. So perhaps, you know, a new start here in New York, him not being in a uh, premier role, um, perhaps Keelan Cole can shine. So no, no issues with me. Uh, with this signing here, um, you know, one year, $5 million deal. It's all, it's an all right deal. Um, you know, this is was going to be some of the things I was going to talk about tonight. Did we pay enough? Did we pay too much, you know, for this one particular player? You know, you'll just kind of look at some of the deals that other people are getting, um, you know, 5.5 million for Keelan Cole. And then you look at 7 million, or possibly $8 million with incentives to Juju. Uh, yeah, I think I would have rather had Juju in this scenario here. But, um, you know, Keelan Cole is an inside and an outside guy. Uh, I believe someone had posted some stats that it was near split, but last year he had a lot more opportunities in the slot. So perhaps that's where he'll, he will be um, as our number four and our, you know, number two slot receiver. So uh, Keelan Cole, new, new wide receiver for the Jets possibly for Sam Darnold, possibly for a new quarterback. Only time will tell what we got going on there. Um, the next free agent signing that the, the Jets brought in was some uh, depth at the O-line, Dan Feeney. Uh, very interesting move here. Um, 
you know, an experienced guy. He's been in the NFL for four years, started 57 games. Uh, but when you look at the analytics on him from PFF and, you know, those, those uh, guys that, you know, are stat heads, uh, his protection rating is not uh, where you would want it to be, uh, well below average. Um, and uh, Glenn was putting out some film and some, some videos and tweets last week. So at, uh, I believe it's at Ace Fan 24 I'll pull that up and uh, vindicate that. Sorry, Glenn. Um, but Glenn had put out a couple clips of Dan Feeney actually against the Jets last year. And um, let's just say they're not pretty folks. Um, let's just hope that this guy stays as a backup and, and a depth piece here. Um, if he does end up cracking the starting lineup, uh, light a candle and pray for whomever our quarterback's going to be. Uh, but much room to be desired there. Um, I think out of of uh, all the free agent signings, um, I'm not very excited, uh, you know, over this pick. But it's a depth piece, and um, you know, like I said, let's let's just hope it stays there. Um, and I'll and I'll say this, you know, today I interacted with a lot of fans on Twitter. Um, kind of funny how some people called me out for for reacting to our, our most recent signing, and I'll get to that. Um, near the end of my takes here, uh, I've pretty much been on board with everything that the Jets have done at this point. Um, trying to be patient, trying to be relaxed about this. Um, not going to be, not going to act as if I, I haven't been down this road before, where you know I'm frustrated that the Jets aren't signing every single player. You know, with an update coming into my Twitter feed every hour, I I've been kind of lukewarm about this whole thing. I knew that um, the Jets would be a little quiet at first. And, you know, they would probably be patient, see how the second tier of the market goes. Um, I think a lot of players out there were anticipating getting really, really big deals, and it's just not happening. Um, With the fact that the salary cap has been reduced from last year to this year, I think it was around $200 million. Now we're around the 180 chain and change range. So, uh, a lot of players uh, might have overvalued themselves or maybe their agents told them that they would be getting, um, you know, big double-digit long-term contracts. And, and a lot of players are, you know, scratching their heads right now in week two of free agency wondering um, when they're they're going to get the call. So I think Joe Douglas is, you know, being a little bit more calculated now um, with who he's bringing in uh, and, uh, you know, trying to build the team, you know, air-quoting the right way. So they – they brought in Dan Feeney, not a bad move, not a great move, but it's a move, and we definitely need more depth at the offensive line position. So the next signing that they brought in, um, which I believe was the same day, um, safety and nickelback corner LaMarcus Joyner. It's an interesting deal because uh, when it, when Adam, uh, was it Chester? No, it might have been rap sheet. Um, when Rappaport went out and, and put the, the tweet out there that the Jets were signing LaMarcus Joyner, his understanding is that he would be in a safety role, not in a nickelback corner role, which he was in for the previous two seasons uh, with the Raiders. Prior to that, he was playing safety uh, with the Rams. So according to the analytics, he was playing at a higher level as a safety rather than as a nickelback corner. It'll be interesting to see um, – if Robert Sala is going to be looking to deploy a three safety uh, set kind of, you know, nickel defense and, you know, perhaps he will be doing some nickel alignment roles. Um, 
perhaps, you know, he will be exclusive to being in a safety role. Um, kind of interesting because if you look at it, Ashton Davis kind of listed as a hybrid. Then you have um, Marcus May also listed as a hybrid. And then you have Lomarcus Joyner in a hybrid, but completely different. Um, Joyner, a little bit undersized. I think he's like around five nine hundred and eighty pounds. So not something that somebody you would want in a strong safety role on paper right now. I believe our strong safety is listed as Ashton Davis. Not too sure about that either. Um, I think Marcus May has the most talent out of all the safeties, and that's stating the obvious. But I believe Marcus May is his strongest in the free safety role. So if Sal is thinking of moving May to strong safety and maybe using Joiner at free safety, it's the easiest way to fill the position. But I don't think that you're going to be maximizing the potential of Marcus May. Now, this is just me putting this out there, um, you know, how I see it in my head uh, on March 24th. Um, this could all change, clearly. But um, Jets add another defensive back to the fold um, in the Marcus Joyner. So we shall see if he ends up being in a safety role or perhaps um, Rap Sheet was wrong and he is going to be our nickel corner. And then everybody, including myself, can stop uh, – harassing the Jets to go out and sign another corner. Okay, moving along, going to the next new New York Jet. And this one was on the offense. Uh, Tyler Croft, former tight end of Cincinnati and the Buffalo Bills. Now, Tyler Croft is more or less just a blocking tight end, um, not someone that you would be expecting to uh, 30 passes this year and rack up a bunch of touchdowns, um, not expecting anything of that sort. Um, I definitely excuse me, uh, see him being the H-back. <laughs> excuse me, I'll clear my throat. Uh, so uh, Tyler Croft, mainly known as a uh, blocking tight end, I, I think he'll be playing in the H-back role, uh, maybe some fullback. So uh, not a big splash signing here. It's a one-year deal, very at the end of the day. If you look at our group as a whole, um, with Tyler Croft, Chris Herndon, Drayvon Wesco, and Ryan Griffin, he's the best blocker of them all. So he'll clearly have a significant role uh, for our running game, and he'll actually help us in the pass protection department as well. Uh, So as far as, giving Chris Herndon the opportunity to take that receiving role, not have to be in both roles as a blocker and a receiver, um, perhaps in the uh, two tight end sets that we might be seeing, Tyler will be getting the blocking responsibilities and we can let Herndon get out in space and and do do the things that we hope he's capable of, which is being a uh, dynamic uh, playmaking tight end for this offense. All right, so our next move, which um, kind of came to a shocker as, as um, a few people. Um, the Tyler Croft move was on the 19th, um, and then the next move came down March 21st. And this one I like. Um, some people were a little alarmed by it because they felt that this area um, was strong enough already and did not re- um, require any sort of spending in free agency, um, and that's defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. 
Um, I absolutely agree that this was not an area of need. Um, this was not an alarming gaping hole like the uh, interior offensive line position or the outside corner position or the running back position. And, you know, when we're looking at our defense here as well, a uh, little limited on the linebacker position when we're putting together this 4-3. Uh, I was looking at it the other day, and we got Mosley, we got Gerard Davis, we have Blake Cashman backing up, and, um, and some guy named Sharif Finch. Um, never even heard of him. Glenn knows a little bit about him. Um, I'm going to have to say that guy's more or less a camp body and lucky if he makes the 53. So Jets still have the linebacker, maybe an edge position, cornerback to fill out in the, on the defensive side. And then when you come to the offensive side, you know, we're looking at the um, interior line. We're looking at, you know, maybe bringing in a running back or two. And um, obviously the biggest question mark of all the quarterback position. So a lot of people were anticipating um, for the Jets to go after somewhere that they felt would be more of a need. Um, but Salah just knows his defense. Um, this was kind of something that I anticipated the Jets to do was give Salah the opportunity to bring in the players that he feels is going to bring the most to his defense rather than reaching in the draft and hoping that rookies um, can fill the void and, and absorb his defense and do everything that's asked of him in year one, I think that's way too much to ask for rookies to do. So I like the fact that they've been active with the defense right now. Kind of gives us a little bit more of an opportunity when the draft comes along to go ahead and, uh, you know, target the offense, bring in some ex-players and things like that. Uh, and now this brings us to today. Um, and today the Jets signed two players. Um, one of them I, I'm fine with, and the other one I'm not so fine with. And uh, this is what I was talking about before when some players, I mean, some people on Twitter um, were drawing at me, you know, telling me to relax and things like that. I've been predominantly positive with everything that the Jets have done this off season. Um, and, you know, how boring would it be if I got down with every side? How boring would it be if I followed every narrative or trend or rumor that is put out there? It'd be rather boring just to be a lemming. Um, I don't think that would be me delivering my, you know, the best that I can for, for this show. So, you know, I expressed my opinion today. Some people, uh, I think one person agreed with me, um, you know, that's what Twitter's about. That's what sports discussions are about. Um, it, just, it would be way too boring if everybody was all on the same page on every topic. So the first player that I would talk about is Vinnie Curry, uh, 33-year-old uh, defensive end, um, definitely past his prime. Um, connections to Joe Douglas when, from his days in Philadelphia, that's for sure. Um, he was somebody that was talked about last offseason that they might bring in. And, um, you know, here he is today. So they brought him in. He came to, uh, excuse me, one Jets drive, and uh, Joe Douglas made him an offer he couldn't refuse, which is about one year, $2 million. So kind of shows you um, where this player has come. You know, at this point, um, he's got a job. He's making money. He's going to be a veteran 
um, for this locker room. You know, when Dylan and Glenn and I on our little personal chat were talking about it, I said, you know what, the Jets don't really have a, a big vet leader um, in the locker room, and I kind of feel that that individual is going to be Vinnie Curry. I think he's going to be the new Big Steve. Um, you know, and Big Steve McClendon is uh, how I feel he's going to be. That's where I think his role is. I think he's going to help some of these younger players like Bryce Huff and Jabari Zuniga and Quinnen Williams even and Folaronzo Fotokasi. I think he's going to come in here and these guys are going to be able to pick his brain on how he became such a success um, throughout his career. Uh, so I think Vinny Curry, um, you know, again, is past his prime, but as far as experience and, and things like that, uh, I think it's a good move. He's obviously a Joe Douglas guy, and um, that's what, you know, GMs and, and new head coaches tend to do. Um, you know, this guy has been in the league since 2012, so about eight years. Uh, he's got about 32 and a half sacks in his career. Um, you know, never really racked up big, big numbers besides his 2014 season where he had nine. Um, but he's basically been around the three or four sack mark. Um, and that's probably the total that you might see from him, you know, unless if uh, the Sala system, you know, rejuvenates his career, um, only time will tell. But Vinny Curry's on the team. Um, he'll be in the rotation. And it's easy to say at this point in time, the Jets' strongest position group, uh, once again, is the defensive line. And now we're coming to the most recent and uh, my least favorite signing. If you guys remember my episode that I had a few weeks ago, probably about three weeks ago, it was the top three free agents the Jets should not go after. Um, and I listed, I think it was Kenyon Drake, um, uh, Tevin Coleman, who's the individual that I'm talking about tonight. And then I believe um, I picked another San Francisco running back, if I'm not mistaken. So that's where I'm at. I, I, I said any San Francisco running back, if I'm not mistaken. And um, looks like the Jets just went ahead and did it anyway. So um, that's my luck. Um, a lot of people seem to like it. Um, again, uh, I feel like there's a lot of room to be desired. Um, Tevin Coleman at one point was a great number two option when he was down in Atlanta. And uh, he kind of was able to come into a starting back's role because the guy in front of him, Devontae Freeman, dealt with a lot of knee injuries um, throughout the last few years. And he kind of just got the job because there was nobody else competing with him. And, um, you know, he put up statistically his best year. Um, he had around 1,000 all-purpose yards, 800 on the ground. That's his, his best that he's done in the season. Um, but over the last two years, um, he missed 15 games last year, and he missed five games the year before that. So over the last two seasons, Tevin Coleman has missed 20 games. Um, you know, people are telling me to calm down because it's a one-year deal with $2 million. Okay, that's fine. Um, let's just hope everyone that's telling me that, um, you know, he's just a depth piece it is the right thing. Um, hopefully they're right and I'm wrong. Um, but I'm concerned now because they brought in Ty Johnson, they signed Josh Adams, we have LaMichael P. Ryan, and now we're bringing in a fourth running back in Tevin Coleman. And I think we have Pete Guerrero, somebody that was on and off the roster last year, local Jersey or New York guy. Uh, people know him well, but um, not too sure about him. Forgive me for not um, 
you know, popping bottles here for the Tevin Coleman signing. Um, and I'll tell you what concerns me. What concerns me now is that they're going to be content with the mediocrity that they have in their running backfield, and they're going to try this committee approach because there's this narrative of, you know, running backs don't matter. So I put a tweet out there today to remind people that, uh, you know, don't always go for the bait. Don't always fall for it because currently uh, I, I went and I reviewed in a deep dive on the previous four drafts going back to 2017. And from my research, what I found, and here's the statement, don't pay for a big running back in free agency or don't waste a premium draft pick on a running back because you can find them in the later rounds. So I went ahead and I wanted to see if this statement is valid. So I went to the 2020 draft. Of all the running backs that were drafted, which were 16 of them, four of them became starters on their team. All of them were drafted in the second round or first round. There were no running backs after the second round that became a starter. In 2019, 25 were drafted. Only five of them became starters. No running backs became a starter after the 21 drafted running backs. Four starters came out of that class. And then, where are we going here? I'm sorry. This is my place here. Let me go back. When you go into the 2018, I already said that, 21 drafted, four starters out of that class, no starters after the second round. And then 2017, 30 running backs were drafted. Seven became starters. This was considered one of the best running back classes that we've seen in a decade. And the only starters out of the last four years that are past the third round is Aaron Jones from the fifth round and Chris Carson from the seventh. There are no other starters coming out after the third round. People tend to think that the first three rounds inside the top 100 are considered premium picks. So how does this take, how does this narrative that you can find running backs off the scrap heap and they'll become just as useful as some of these premium backs that have come from the early rounds of previous drafts? It does not hold weight. It does not hold up. The proof is right there. Do your research. Go to the draft history. Take a look at all the running backs that have been drafted in the last four years, and you will find that it is slim to none. You know, somebody came to me today and said, what about James Robinson? You forgot about him. I'm not going to mention a UDFA player that 32 teams passed on in seven rounds over 250 picks. You know, that is the needle in the haystack. That is the diamond in the rough. And it's nice to have a UDFA story that pans out like that. But at the end of the day, that is not the way that you build a team, a championship team, a team that goes out and wins a Super Bowl. You don't win the Super Bowl with UDFAs blowing up. You just don't. It hasn't happened before, and it probably won't happen because that's not the blueprint to make a championship team. So my concern is is that the Jets are going to be uh, comfortable with what they've done. They're going to, you know, bargain shop the rest of the way and then we are not going to target the explosive players that are in this draft that I consider special. So that's my personal opinion on it. At the end of the day, you may not agree with me. That's okay. Hey, I'm always here 
at NYJetsLife24. That's my Twitter handle. Please, let's talk, let's debate, let's have a good conversation about this team. Because my focus and where I come from, I want what's the best for this team. I don't want to be in the basement anymore. I want this team to be in conversation when we go in December, talking about what our playoff seating is going to be. Those are the conversations that I want to have. And we're not going to get there if we continue to hype up mediocre players and fabricate information and be selective with stats from previous years and say, if this guy does what he did in 2017, we're fine. Well, it's not 2017, it's 2021. So I want what is best for this team, putting together good pieces for defense, and we need to get explosive weapons on offense, and I think that's how we're going to turn this thing around. That's my take. I'm sticking to it. If I'm right, you know I'm going to let you know about it. If I'm wrong, I'm going to, I'll admit to it right here on this show because I can't hide from you guys. I love my fans. I love my listeners. You guys are all great. I'm going to sign off here. <coughs> Voice is running out of steam, as you can tell. A little bit hard to run the show solo. I don't know how Glenn did this for that long, but kudos to you, Glenn. I'm looking forward to getting Glenn and Dylan back on hopefully next week so we can dive deeper into this free agency. And April's right around the corner, so we're getting toward draft month, people. And that's where all the excitement happens. So this is Alex Rello signing off for Jet Nation Radio. Everyone, please go to the forum, jetnation.com. Get down with the Jets conversation. Don't miss out. Thank you, everyone. Be well, stay safe, and as per usual, go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.